Villanova wins the NCAA championship. We have MLB opening day reactions, NBA news, and LA Kings color commentator on the radio, Daryl Evans, joins us. Stay tuned. It's Bonnie Jill Laughlin's The Weekly Pass. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I know this song is corny, ladies and gentlemen, but this is a tradition in college basketball. After every single tournament, they play this game. Oh. And, not, not this game. This song yeah. with highlights of so the good. tournament. And it's like five minutes right after the tournament. And I think it's pretty. Your, um, your That's me. volume's on, too. Oh, look at that. What's up, Family. guys? While he's turning off that volume, yeah. I'm Becky Sotero. You can find me on all social media at Becky Sotero. And we have a very special guest we'll be introducing very soon. Teaser. What's up? I'm Josh Rodriguez. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. Bonnie Jill is in San Man. Francisco. She was watching her Giants lose to the CL Manors today. Ouch. Um, unfortunately, uh, she's not here with us. Unfortunately, she had to watch her Giants lose. She traveled all the way up north for no reason That's whatsoever. Right. You said twice now that she had to watch them lose. She had so to she's watch cringing them lose. somewhere. She, I, I think she's watching the show very disappointed that I'm Oof. mentioning the fact that her Giants lost, lost. for the third time yeah. in about 10, 15 seconds. But it is what it is, Bonnie. You should you should be here. You, you know, should. You, you should. You're missing one heck of a show. We are holding down the fort for Bonnie, and we are so <laughs> privileged to be here tonight. Yes, but uh, let's talk about the NCAA championship. That's probably the biggest story in sports right now. Villanova wins their second championship in three years. They do. Absolutely dominating. You had them. I had them. My bracket was blown to bits, y'all. But you know what? My team came out as champions. We have to add up all the points. We had a bracket challenge. Uh, We did. No, you you absolutely Here's the thing. I did well on the first, like, two rounds. And you picking the champion, it depends how the point system works. We might have to evaluate how that worked. And I do remember a bet about a pie. So... (laughs) That needs to happen. And all, uh, by the way, guys, we are live on the chat. So join us. And if you haven't followed us on Twitter, follow us at BJL Weekly Pass. Yes. Yes. yes but congratulations to Villanova. I just want to give a shout out to Villanova right quick because so they are actually what college basketball to me should be about. You know, they're not one. There's very few. Actually, I don't think they have a one and done. They might have one one and done, which if people don't know, a one and done is someone who goes to play collegiate basketball for one year and then they immediately head to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Programs like Kentucky do that. Duke now does that. They sure. didn't used to do that. Now they just recruit these talent and then they ship them out the next year. Right. Villanova, they groom players. They develop players. Who do you think's going? Uh, to the NBA. Well, from Villanova? Mm-hmm. Michael Bridges, maybe, but he's yeah. the only one. My point is being that they don't recruit these players just to have them for one year and then ship them out. They want to have these kids graduate, spend all four years developing correctly. And i that's what I like about Villanova. And on top of that, they play a very good team game. Um, if you watch them play, they won every game by more than 12 points, which is sure absurd. Did. First team since 2009 with North Carolina, yeah. double digits every game that's in the tournament. That's absurd. Yeah. That is absurd. And they moved the ball. Everyone could shoot. They No egos whatsoever. They had the National Player of the Year uh, in Brunson. But at the same time, mm. they still he, – he didn't have an ego. Like, there was no ego on that team. Mm-hmm. Jay Wright – is a phenomenal coach. I think he's finally getting national recognition. I agree. I agree. Um, and it was just a pleasure to watch them. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew more about them, so I would have picked them with you. Mm. <sighs> well, but, but you knew better than I did, Becky. I just, you know, I woke up one morning and uh, and the gods told me yeah. it's Nova. Although, no, I'm just kidding. No, they yeah. are one heck of a team, and I, I think that their humility, their teamwork, everything right. came together for them. And and 
I just couldn't have thought of a better team. I know you wanted Kansas. I but wanted Kansas. I thought I thought I, I saw Kansas play a couple times. On same thing, I'm attracted sure. to teams that move the basketball, sure. that can shoot the basketball, but also who are very selfless. They look out for each other. Um, don't play superstar basketball or hero ball, I like to call it, where it's yeah. like one on one and and all that good stuff. And Villanova is the epitome of what college basketball should be. So I'm happy a team like them won. How did you feel about Michigan yeah. not making it or M- Michigan making it and not Kansas against Nova? Uh well, Michigan they're a good team. They, mm-hmm. They're very good defensively. Um, they're one of the more blue blood programs in college basketball. So sure. it's nice to see them. Sure. I think they're very underrated every year. For some reason, people forget about them. I think Michigan State and Tom Izzo basically mm-hmm. dominate the narrative in college basketball when it comes to the state of Michigan now for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand it, but you know, Michigan is a traditional powerhouse. So it's nice to see them in the finals again. They lost to Louisville a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and they lost again. They fell just short. But it was nice to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, man, not a bad year for Philly so no. far, I'm not going to lie. What is going on in Philadelphia? Philadelphia's just doing backflips in the streets. Yeah, we, we got to ask Daryl later if the Flyers have any chance of winning I know, the I know, I can't wait to hear it, that. The, I, listen, I went to college near Philadelphia. If the Flyers win the Cup, forget it. I don't know. That place, that city's for, on fire. The same year the Eagles win the Cup, sure. forget it. But uh, Dante DiVincenzo, uh, most outstanding player, 31 sure. points. Unbelievable. I don't know if you watched the game, Becky, yeah. or, or saw highlights. But I saw the highlights shots this guy was taking was like video game mm-hmm. like absolute video game threes off the dribble yep. in people's faces yeah no regard no no conscience not a bad game to be having your no. best game unbelievable <laughs> they call him uh delaware's michael jordan which Ooh. i find interesting that, that is interesting yeah but Delaware's like, like this it. this big of a state i know but you know what they need a michael jordan <laughs> <laughs> every state needs a michael jordan Oh my goodness! Well, what else is going on? We got um, MLB opening day thoughts yeah, coming up. You picked the Pirates. I picked to the win Pirates in NL Central. Central. Oh, I'm just that, saying. Hold on, listen. Becky picked the Pirates to win NL Central, and me and, and Bob, the Eagles to win right. the Super Bowl. But, so uh, <laughs> I'm doing, not doing too bad. Now it's early. It's early, but All the Pirates right. are four and zero. And I remember when you picked the Pirates, I was like, Becky, I know. Come on, and I we know. got on you, and you're like, Listen. I'm from Pittsburgh, or I have family in Pittsburgh. Well, I, I do, I from Portland, Oregon. Right. But uh, for whatever reason, on the screen Earth, it's all Pittsburgh teams: the Penguins, the Pirates, yeah. Steelers. I just love me some, you know, and terrible towel. And it's unbelievable they're doing this without Andrew McCutcheon, who, who's mm-hmm. on the Giants now. Garrett Cole, who was their ace last year, he's he's gone. Everyone thought they were going to be terrible, mm-hmm. and this is why I love sports. Me you too. can never so unpredictable. It really is. It, it's so unpredictable. The Yankees they got off to a, mm-hmm. a like they're two and two. They're three and two. I think the one today. Um, you have teams like the Cubs who are struggling out the gate. So you never yeah. really know. I know baseball is 162 games, mm-hmm. which is a long, long season. Season. Do you think it's too early to even like make statements like this? Like yeah. we're we're talking after four games out of a 162 game schedule. Is it? But I mean, how much do you feel out of the gate? It plays a part in the rest of the season. Um, I'm not really sure. I mean. In baseball, you see teams get off to hot starts all the time mm-hmm. or slow starts, and they it just flips. Sure, like uh, I know, it's like hockey. For instance, like football is sixteen games, right? And a lot of people compare baseball season to football season and say every ten games is like one National Football League game. Mm-hmm. So it, you, I try to take it ten games at a time. Right now, twenty four games. It's very, very early. I mean, the Astros are four one; they're national champions. Um, the Nationals are four zero. So it's kind of like, all right, these good teams are showing out. And you want to take them seriously, but what do you make of someone like the Pirates or the Cubs who are struggling right now? It's 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 very interesting. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, baseball's a long season. So early to tell. I mean, yeah. I, I think, and we all know that it comes down to the injuries. Obviously, that is true. So how your pitching staff holds up? Yeah. So we'll yeah. see. Bonnie, Bonnie, I think the Giants are two and three. We're just throwing darts. Um, at you Bonnie. are throwing darts. 
I think I'm bitter. Bonnie, Bonnie, you should be here, Bonnie. I know. Bonnie. We miss you so much, Bonnie Joe. What's the chat saying right now? Oh, the chat. Let me, let me get I in there. Just, some, I've been so engrossed in our conversation. Cha- we got some baseball fans. I know I saw one person tweet at you, Becky, about the Detroit Tigers. They did, yeah, yes. I was really happy about that. Oh, man. We got Star Drew in the house. We've got Star Fantasy Drew? Stats Guru in the house. You What's guys, keep, on, guys keep coming in. Oh, man. Coming in hot. We've got some hockey fans for Daryl. Nice. Uh, what kind of pie for your face? <laughs> They're asking <laughs> on the chat. Let's vote. All right. So let's go. Um, Apple, right? Uh, that one's no? gonna hurt because the crust is hard. Okay, um, so what are you thinking? Cherry? I'm feeling like lemon meringue. I want to be nice to you. It's lemon. got a, it's nice and soft. It'll give you a nice little exfoliation. Well, let's the crust. let's let's pick four. Okay, and then let's let's make a poll okay. on Twitter about you guys. It. We're gonna make a poll, and we want to hear your ideas on the chat. Let's go lemon meringue. Okay. Let's go apple if we really want to get mean. And then Fine. a boysenberry because that's that stains. <laughs> that stains good. And then what do you want for your fourth? Um, I don't know. Pumpkin? No, pumpkin would be disgusting. Something like disgusting though, so it's funny. Like this has to be a punishment. Yeah. Yeah. You can't go easy on me. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that I think boysenberry or some kind of a cherry is punishment because that, yeah. that stains. Lemon cheesecake. All right. Lemon Star-Drew. cheesecake. Fine. Right. Okay. So, so those will be our four. All right. We got to put it up on Twitter. We will. We will. Uh, Lemon cheesecake. Right. We have lemon meringue boysenberry or some kind of marionberry stainage and then we had apple okay so it's happening at bjl weekly, weekly pass, pass on twitter follow us we're gonna put up the poll i guess i'm getting a pie to the face next we week we are we're getting daryl's take on this too for yes sure absolutely we are absolutely getting daryl's take. take uh before we get into hockey just some nba news as well yes, playoffs are wrapping up i'm not wrapping up they're about to start yeah and um so be honest with me like have you been watching a little bit or no? Yes. So, yes. so, so who who do you like right now? Okay. Portland, of course. Portland's looking good. Portland's looking and, good. I, I know you're not just saying that because no. you're from Portland. No. Yeah. I, I think that they're they're going to give, I believe, the East a little bit of a run for their yeah. money if the Rockets don't, and obviously if Golden State doesn't. Yeah. So. I mean, right now they're looking like the third best team in the West, and I yeah. thought they were kind of frauds. I'm not going to lie for a while. Mm-hmm. They went on a big winning streak, but you know, Damian Lillard is... One of the best point guards in the league. And McCollum, yeah, yeah, McCollum too. I mean, they mm-hmm. have arguably one of the best backcourts in the league, and they started finally playing defense. That yeah. was the problem with Portland. Yeah. They they a lot of isolation ball, but they also don't really play too much defense. Sure. So I I the way the Warriors are injured right now, they seem to be a little. I, That's what I'm saying. If Houston yeah. can't step up, I yeah. think it's going to be Portland that gives some trouble. I think they're kind of a dark horse right now because mm-hmm. I don't believe in the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I don't I don't like the way that team was built. I think Russell Westbrook, uh, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, Paul George, I think that was a disaster from the beginning. Yeah, uh, I I don't see him making any type of noise. I think New Orleans they lost to Marcus Cousins. They're they're not there yet. Right. The Spurs aren't. I was the gonna Spurs. say they're not, they're on a hot streak right now. They're playing the Clips yeah. tonight. Yeah, who do you think is gonna take that game? Uh, probably the Spurs. I've had to guess. Uh, they they just beat the Rockets, and I th- the Spurs are the Spurs. But the problem is they don't have Kawhi Leonard these playoffs. They're, they're not they're not a threat to anybody. Mm-hmm. I think it's really between the Warriors, the Rockets, and the Blazers. Portland, yeah, and I'm. I'm actually glad you brought that up because I was going to bring it up. Good. But it, it's true. Like, I, I think people are kind of sleeping on the Blazers right now, which I find really interesting. And they are a little bit of a sleeper team in, in yeah. terms of playoffs once they get in the playoffs. Yeah. And Damian Lewis clutch. Yeah. yeah. And then on the East, you think anybody can beat the Cavs? Um, I I mean, I want to say, I want to say, yeah. Yeah. But my answer is no. Yeah. Yeah. They're just too strong. Yeah. T- Toronto right now is the one seed yeah. that you guys haven't been paying attention to. The is that a seed. surprise? I mean, that, they really it snuck up is, there. Yeah. They've been good for the past few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, them being the one seed is kind of surprising because everyone thought Cleveland would run away with it. And then Boston got off to a really hot start this year. 
I'm not a big believer in the Raptors. They seem to always fold in the playoffs, but sure. they changed their style of basketball this year. So they're shooting more three-pointers. Mm-hmm. They're more running gun. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's playing well. Kyle Lowry's playing well. And they have a really good bench this year. They do have a really yeah. good They change things up for sure yeah. on the bench. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's possible. If there's a year right now to catch the Cavs and LeBron James, it's this year. Okay. It really is. Okay. So I'm, I'm looking forward what's your, to that. What's your pick? For I still Western got War- Eastern. I still got the Warriors versus the Cavs. At okay. the end of the day, I think I think the cream will rise to the, to the top, and okay. we're gonna have. I'm Warriors, hoping for Cavs, Bla- I'm hoping four. for Blazers and Cavs. So I we'll hope see. so too. But we'll uh, but Becky, I know that you uh, hooked us up oh. with a special guest today. We're gonna dedicate most of our show to hockey because we we haven't done that. We haven't done that, and Becky deserves to talk <laughs> hockey. So Becky. We have a legend in our house, my friends, the legendary Daryl Evans, NHL LA Kings radio commentator, scored the game-winning goal for the Miracle in Manchester. We're coming up on a 36-year anniversary, April 10th. Wow! I have a special video for you to watch before we introduce our special guest. On April 10, 1982, the Kings completed the largest comeback in NHL playoff history in front of their hometown fans at the Forum. Down 5 to nothing against the heavily favored Edmonton Oilers, the Kings scored all five of their goals in the third period to force overtime. Shooting! He scores! Zone Hardy with a drive and a save by George Smith. Score! And he scores! Daryl Evans scored to complete the comeback. The instant classic was named the Miracle on Manchester, giving the Kings a two-to-one lead in the best-of-five series. Two games later, the Kings beat the Gretzky-led Oilers to advance to the next round. So good. Daryl Evans, welcome. Thank you so much. I know. Does that moment ever get old? I mean, it's just the, it's the, one of the best moments in NHL history. Well, first of all, it's great to be here. And no, it never gets old. <laughs> you know, I think it's really something I've learned to appreciate mm-hmm. more so over the years than I did actually at that time. I mean, it was a special night. But I think now recognizing how special that moment was and being that it's been the greatest comeback in Stanley Cup playoff history, it's something that I really really cherish and something Mm, I'll never forget. So special. Such an honor having you here. Now, as we've been talking about even before the show, there is so much happening in the NHL, particularly (laughs) in the Pacific, in the West. We're talking one point between teams making it in the playoffs. Can you just give a summary to some of the people who don't know about what's happening in the NHL right now? Well, you know, the season comes to an end uh, th- this Saturday, uh, and there's going to be a makeup game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That was a game that needed to be rescheduled because of weather during the season. doesn't affect what's going to happen in the Pacific Division, but, uh, you know, it's it's been a crazy year. Mm-hmm. Every year we think the NHL can't get any closer, but the parity uh, with the way things are in the NHL right now, it's going to go right down to the wire, and I don't think we're going to know until Saturday night, till all the games are complete. Sure exactly where everybody's going to stand. But Kings have put themselves in a pretty good position uh, the last couple of games, having won uh, you know, the, the last game against Colorado. Right now they're sitting in the third spot in mm-hmm. the Pacific Division. Uh, Anaheim has a game in hand, mm-hmm. which they'll make up tomorrow night. If Anaheim happen to win their game, they flip-flop with the Kings again, putting the Kings back in the first wild-card spot. But uh, the Kings are in a position right now where if they acquire a point in the remaining two games, mm-hmm. or if Colorado right now does not or only gets one point, mm-hmm. lose a point in their mm-hmm. games, then the Kings would uh, have their spot. So 
it's it's go, it's going down to the wire, but. Kings have, have, you know, earned themselves a position where they control their own destiny. It's so good. And, I mean, it's just been a shuffle game between the Ducks and the Kings. So it's kind of <laughs> fitting because it's a rival. Now, what, how does the wild card come into place? I know a lot of people, the wild card is fairly new in the last, you know, few years to some people. Yep. So explain the wild card process and, and how that works as well. Well, there's top three teams from each division. Mm-hmm. So right now, the way it sits, it would be the Vegas Golden Knights, San Jose, who's in second place, the Kings holding down third. Mm-hmm. On, and on the other side, it's Nashville along with Winnipeg and Minnesota. They, they secured the top three positions. So now it comes down to the next best two records in the West Conference. Sure. They can be both from one division. You could have five teams there from one division in, in the playoffs. So uh, it's very tight. Uh, right now it's down to basically nine teams competing mm-hmm. you know, for the position. Some of the positions have been solidified. But there's one position. Uh, you know, Somebody's going to fall short, and right now it can be the Kings. It can be Anaheim. You know, it it uh, could be St. Louis, but Colorado. But the Kings just need one point, but correct? Kings need a point, okay. correct? But mathematically, they have not secured a spot yet. Sure. So uh, you know, Kings have two games left. A couple of teams have three games left. Mm-hmm. So everybody's watching the schedule on on, on every given night, and every point is huge. So. Uh, again, it's, uh, you know, you take care of your own business and you put yourself in a good spot. Sure. And they had a big win last night. Hopefully, I'm sure all of LA was watching that. <laughs> oh my goodness. How was Staples Center? It was great. Uh, you know, I think the Kings did a great job in coming out and playing the type of game that they needed, uh, the night before the Avalanche played mm-hmm. and got beat in the extra period. So the Kings come in against a team that was desperate. Uh, the youngest team in the National Hockey League, so they don't have a lot of experience on their roster. Mm-hmm. But you knew that you were going to get a hard game from them. Uh, their top line is as good as any line in the NHL. Uh, you know, with uh, McKinnon, Landeskog, and Rantanen, they've been on fire all year. Uh, so the Kings did a good job of containing them, and you know they end up sure. sweeping the series against the Avalanche, which not too many teams can say they do did this year. The Kings beat them two to one, seven to one in Colorado last Jeez. week, and then three to one last night. So yeah. they did a great job in, in, uh, in winning that series and putting themselves in a position where they're at. Right. Well, to touch on that point, for those of you who don't know, Daryl is also a Fox Sports West commentator when they're on the road, and so you get to interview a lot of the players. Having been a player yourself, what? What is it about their resilience? I feel like that is just the word. The word for the Kings is their resilience. They just bounce back. They never stop persevering. What talk about that philosophy that is so successful? Well, I think it's something that you build as a culture, and you go back to uh, you know when Dave Taylor, the players that they mm-hmm. drafted, and then Dean Lombardi, uh, you know, building on that philosophy. I think the Kings, for a number of years back in the years when I played, it was always looking for free agents, and mm-hmm. you know it was almost like retirement contracts coming to Los Angeles. And the unfortunate thing was you weren't getting the guys in the prime of their career. You usually get them on the, on the downside of things. Mm-hmm. So they started to build through the draft. Uh, you look at some of the players that the Kings have acquired through the draft, including today's roster, sure. with you know guys like uh, Kopitar, Brown. You know these are all dowdy yeah. uh, You know these guys are all you know first round, you know first picks for you know for the Kings. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, the Kings have done a good job at retaining those picks and creating that culture. So when you create that culture and then you have success with it, as the Kings did in 212 and 214. Yeah, they did. Now it's a belief system. And the young players that you bring in, they feed off of that. It's something that, it, it's again, you, you feel it when you come in. And the Kings leadership group, again, the guys I just mentioned, you know, between the pipes and Jonathan Quick, mm. you know, he's got ice in his veins. I mean, you put him in any situation, he's going to thrive. Back in the blue line, Drew Doughty, arguably the best defenseman in the National Hockey League, should win the Norris Trophy this year. Yeah. He's tied a career high already with points. So he's got a couple of games to surpass that. Right. 
Uh, but more importantly, the way he plays defense, I, I think that's something that's underestimated. Uh, mm. He's as good a defenseman as there is mm. in the National Hockey League. Andre Kopitar having a career year yep. up front. Hard Both, trophy. Yeah, hard yep. trophy candidate. Yeah. Uh, and again, Kings get into the postseason. There's no, you know, no reason that they should keep that away from him. He's got a career sure. high in goals with 35, career high in points with 91. Now you take a look at the other guys around. Jeff Carter, who has 13 goals in, mm. in, in 20, 20, game, 20, or 20 games this year. Yeah. He missed 55 games with a, you know, with a, a laceration t- to his leg. So he's bounced back and you know, regained top form. Yes, he uh, has. Alec Martinez, a solid year. Uh, you know, guys up front, Trevor Lewis, who is part of the two cup teams, career highs in goals and in points. So mm-hmm. they've got a lot of guys. Dustin Brown mm-hmm. bounced back here. You look Incredible at his Incredible season yeah. for Dustin. He's got a team Brown. high, plus 31 on the season. He's just, you know, he's rejuvenated. You know, mm-hmm. he's playing alongside Kopitar again. And because of that, when you have a core of players like that, it's easy to spread that leadership out amongst the guys, and that's why I think the Kings have the success mm. that they have because you don't have to rely upon one guy to do it. There's other guys that can kind of lift it and pull on a rope on any given night, and that's yeah. what they feed off of. Yeah, such a team effort. It's it's just incredible. Now, also, for people who don't know, Daryl volunteers a lot of his time outside of commentating. So we met. I met Daryl when I was on the LA Kings ice crew. He was our skate coach. Something you should know about him is that Daryl turns – even the most novice skater into an incredible, incredible skater. You run the beginning hockey clinics for the Kings. You host the 5K every every single season at the beginning yeah. of the year, <laughs> which benefits the Hydrocephalus Foundation. Can you talk about why is this so important to you? All this volunteering. Well, I think when you know when we first came to Los Angeles, uh, growing up in a hockey hotbed in Toronto and Canada, you know where hockey's you mm-hmm. know basically. It's life there. Yeah. Uh, you know, so coming here was, you know, something that was on the bottom of the totem pole. You look at all the other sports, baseball, basketball, uh, football, you know, those all thrive in, in this marketplace. Sure. And, uh, you know, the Kings had some big moments, in, you know, prior to me arriving in Los Angeles. And then, you know, they had some big years. They had some, you know, 100-point seasons. The Triple Crown line was here. And then after that, you know, mm-hmm. Gretzky came on sure. board. But, you know, there was still a lot missing within the community. So I, I think that uh, it was something that attracted me. I've been working youth hockey back in Toronto since I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got involved in it immediately here and just watched the game grow. And now to see where it's at today, I mean, the amount of leagues that they're at, I think when you look at what the Kings are responsible for, the teams in the National Hockey League being San Jose, Anaheim, uh, you know, team in Arizona now, the team in, you know, in Vegas – the Kings, you know, all have a hand in this. So, it, you know, and that's been something that, you know, you have to do on a daily basis. Right. It's getting out into the community, educating the people on the game, and then more mm-hmm. importantly, putting sticks in kids' hands. And when you go to the draft in June, and now you hear the names, these kids being drafted from California, yeah. it's very rewarding. But it's something that I love to do. I, you know, I love to see mm. people improve upon things they're doing. And that's from the charity aspect. You know, I think, uh, you know, it's important that you recognize that you, you're, you're able to leave an impression mm-hmm. and you have to go with it. And uh, I try to get involved as much as I possibly can. Uh, I'm fortunate I don't require a lot of sleep right now. So <laughs> I, I, tr- I try to make adva- be- take advantage of it and, uh, you know, use my time to my, right. to my best. And uh, that's why I get involved with as many, you know, foundations and things that I can help. And the Run Club. The Run Club. Yeah, the Run Club. We meet fit, once a fit week. to be a King Run Club. <laughs> I mean, the list just goes on and on. You were such a prominent figure in that organization. So thank you for that. A, a couple things. First, Bark Madness. What do you think? Yeah, bark Madness. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, we were talking about Madness. Yeah. I got to know who your favorite is here. Well, you know, the, there was a lot of favorites. You know, you, you get the little cutie dogs. You know, yeah. and then you get you know the big. 
big, you know, kind of Muzzin for me. Yeah, you know, and and that was I think I kind of took a liking to uh, yeah. to Daryl Muzzin aside from the name, of course. <laughs> but it was funny. Just a couple of days ago, uh, we had a little uh, event at the training center on Sunday, yeah. and the Saint Bernard Rescue Foundation was there, and there was about ten or twelve big Saint Bernards in the parking lot. Sure, Daryl being included in that group. And there was one that was about 180 pounds. It was just like a baby bear. But uh, I had a friend that grew up having one, and I've always liked those dogs. I mean, they're just they're 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 an attractive dog, uh, just holding on to them. So it, it was kind of cool. But the, you know, I think the race on the ice was something else. Oh, that he was just... yeah, yeah. They just got going Ooh. out there. But the little ones, you know, you see those little ones going out there, and yeah. and I think it's great now after you have it for a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you see different things, different approaches by the players, by yeah. the dogs, trying to train the dogs in different ways. So curious to see what they come up with next year to uh, separate Wait, it from this Wait, who still won the first year? Who won last year? I don't remember. We'll, we'll find out. Kings fans get back to us. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm curious who's going to take the third, the third one there. And then I really wanted to ask you about goalie interference. This has been a big topic. They changed the rules a little bit. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think they finally put the rules in a place now where they're going to be some consistency. Uh, I think going back to the beginning of the season, you know, when we talked to coaches from different teams, everybody, their, co- their hands just went up in the air. They didn't know what to expect. Even we as broadcasters, you know, you call in a game, you usually have a pretty good feel. They're going to go this way, they'll lean this way sure. because of this or because of that. But we... We were inconsistent as well, just because it was it was too much on a on a mm-hmm. human feeling, as opposed to a little bit of black and white, and there was just so much gray. Sure. So what they've done is they brought former officials now being part of the group in Toronto in the Great. you know back at, at, at headquarters there, and they have an influence as to what's going on. So I think now they've got collectively they got a group of minds there that take a look at things, and I think there's a lot more consistency. Great. They implemented it prior to getting ready for the playoffs. So they've had it in place for about a week. So hopefully come playoff time, you hate to see something like that decide a game, you know, or something that is not clear. And, you know, it, it's tough in a game that moves so fast. Uh, and we're talking, you know, a fraction of an inch. So, uh, you know, more times than not, I mean, there's sure. no intentional, there's no malicious intent sure. by the officials. Of course you not. You know, it's the angle that you and get And a lot sometimes. of stoppages, though. I mean, that affects the game, the players, yeah, the coaches, and, everything. Yeah, and I think if they can eliminate the amount of time that they have to stop for, the better off it is. Like, you know, I'd like to see them say, okay, you've got 60 seconds to reverse something or change it or make a decision. Interesting. If you can't make that decision in 60 seconds, then you start trying to make yourself believe that you're trying to find something. That's a good point. And and you can train Mm -hmm. your mind to do that. Like, after a while, you'll sit there and say, okay, maybe you're right. But... You shouldn't have to convince yourself. Yeah. You know, it's, it, should, it should jump out at you. That's sure. human nature, actually. I yep. feel like that, that's a good point. Um, I kind of want to talk playoff hockey. Let's talk playoff Let's hockey. Let's talk a playoff bit. hockey. All right. So the Kings right now, they play the Sharks. If the playoffs started today, they played four times this year. Sharks taking three out of four matchups. Um, how do you feel about that matchup? And would you like to see the Kings perhaps play somebody else, maybe slip down a spot or perhaps go up a spot? Well, I think you'll always try to finish as high as you possibly mm-hmm. can in the standings. And let's face it, right now, you know, even if you finish as high as you can, uh, San Jose was winning their game tonight, so I'm not sure the Kings wouldn't be able to surpass San Jose and let's say yeah. take over the number two spot. So you're basically looking at three, four, or let's say five if to make the playoffs. Again, being separate by a point or two. I think from a selfish reason, uh, I'd like to see the Kings match up with the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round. Uh, I think it would be a good matchup from the standpoint of 
the hockey out here in the West Coast, and again, what the Kings had to do with, uh, with Vegas being in place. And I also think Vegas, who've had an outstanding year, they've set all kinds of records for, you know, for expansion teams coming mm-hmm. in. Uh, they've done so many things, uh, you know, remarkably. They've got a great management team, great coaching staff. That it's just that group has not played together right. in postseason play. Sure. Uh, they haven't experienced it as a group. They've got a lot of players that have been there, um, you know, and so I think that would be a good matchup, uh, you know, and it would start in Vegas. And I like the way the Kings play on the road. They've got a winning record okay. on the road. Their win- record mm. on the road is actually better than it is on home ice. Oh, which of that? Um, so good. <laughs> and if you go back to 2012, when the Kings played in the playoffs, capturing their first Stanley Cup, if I'm not mistaken, they were 10-1 and one on the road that year. So, um, you know, they're a team that knows how to play on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that standpoint, I, I-, I like that. But uh, I think right now the way it's set up and the way kind of everybody feels in the National Hockey League Anybody but the Nashville Predators. I don't think anybody <laughs> wants to play that. No. Just, just give them a bye. Just you know, let move on to the next round or something. Well, Nobody who, wants who to play Who would you them. like Nashville to play so that it makes it a little cushier for us? Yeah, un, you know, unfortunately, another team that's playing well in that division has been very good this year too is Winnipeg, and you'd like to see yes. maybe those two guys go head to head right up. But Please, it's not going to happen because they're one two. Right. But uh, uh, those are two teams. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, that division has really excelled this they year. Have. Uh, and. It's hard to believe that they've done that without the presence of the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, finally, you know, the Blackhawks, I think it's 10 years, first time that they're not going to see postseason play. So there's a, you know, a common character that you've seen in the postseason and a threat to win cups. So that removes one one piece out of the puzzle there. But those two teams in Nashville and Winnipeg, uh, you know, they're very curious to see the way they perform in the postseason. Well, you brought up Philly. You want to ask about Philly? Oh, Philly's east. But uh, but I I actually want to ask a question about hockey because hockey's interesting. Becky tells us all the time that the Kings, they made it in as an eight seed and won the Stanley Cup. So if you were to pick a dark horse in the West, like a team that's going to sneak in maybe six, seven, eight seed, and could possibly win the cup. Is is there a team like that this year, or is that every year where it's like you know you never know it's hockey. It, so. it really is every year. Yeah. Um, again, a lot of it to place in you know and to come into place is, is you know and you talked about it when you were you know on the show before is injuries. The health of your hockey mm-hmm. club, mm-hmm. Uh, the opponents who you're going to play against. Like you sit there and you look at there's going to be 16 teams that are going to go to that you know to that next stage. Maybe you don't match up well against this team, but somebody might take care of that team for you. Yeah. And you might get a favorable matchup. So sure. you have to kind of play it out as it goes. But I think first and foremost is the health of your hockey club. Uh, okay. you know, if you've got access to your full complement of players and your core players, it puts you in a better position. And I know with the Kings having no Chicago now, uh, the Kings are in a pretty good position where they've got as many guys with experience in the Stanley Cup as pretty much every team in the league. Okay. And another cliche that I hear, I mean, I'm a casual hockey fan, um, is that you ride the hot goaltender. Like a hot goalie can bring you through the playoffs. Now, what goalie in the Western Conference do you think can actually carry their squad into like the finals or something like that? Well, I think when you look at any team, yeah. every team usually has one guy they're going to. Yeah. You're not going to be bouncing back and forth. If you're going between goaltenders in the playoffs, mm-hmm. something's not right, mm-hmm. You know, unless it's an injury or something like that. Uh, but if you're bouncing back because of you know performance issues, mm-hmm. then you're probably probably going to be in, in a tough spot. Mm-hmm. I think when you look at Nashville, Pecorine, uh, he's got the ability to be able to carry a team on his shoulder. Got he's it. a big body out there. There's no doubt my favorite choice would be Jonathan Quick mm-hmm. because of the experience that he has. And mm-hmm. he thrives in those situations. The bigger the stage, the better he gets. And you can see it the last couple of weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he just becomes the great wall in that net. He's such a competitor. Uh, he's got a pulse for what's going on mm-hmm. on the ice in all areas. So those would probably be the top two goaltenders that I would look at to be able to step up and be the difference makers to kind of carry their teams and maybe 
be the difference in games where your team maybe didn't right. perform quite the way they needed sure. to. Those be, be big save here or there could be the difference. Well, to to give some fairness to the East, I know obviously Philly. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't looking good. Um, but talk about who you would love to see in the East against the West for the Stanley Cup Final. Well, I think when you look at the East, and I know you you know you're, you've been talking about Philadelphia. They've <laughs> had they've had a great year, and uh, they've come around in a lot of ways. You know, they haven't solidified their spot yet. They took a you know tough one on the chin tonight, mm. but they're a team with some great skill, and you know they've got some guys that uh, you know have taken their careers to the the next step. I think there's still a little bit of a question mark and with regards to goaltending, but if a goaltender can get hot, and again, it comes down to matchups. I think the Washington Capitals are a team that mm. have to make some noise for all the yeah. all the good regular seasons that they've had. So uh, Alexander Ovechkin leading the league with 46 goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he had 600 goals this year and, and 1,100 points. Uh, you know he's going to you know eclipse you know every Gretzky, record. possibly, you know, possibly. You, you never know if he if he decides to play long enough. Sure. Uh, but you know he's going to eclipse like the, you know you know hit for his position, power play goals. Uh, I think the records like. About 270. He's got. I think he's about 40 or something power play goals off the off the all time record. That's something that mm-hmm. you know he'll he'll eventually take over. But I think the one thing he'd tr- like to trade a lot of that in oh, yeah. for be the Stanley Cup. So there's a little bit of heat on them this year. Mm-hmm. They're a good hockey club. Uh, they're you know built all the way from the backside out. I you can't you know you can't uh, under understate the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins because of the experience they've had. Yep. Uh, you know back to back championship. They're dangerous in the postseason. Dangerous yeah. and. They've got dynamic players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sidney Crosby, you know, arguably you know, one of the best players in the game today. Evgeny Malkin, uh, 42 goals on the season. Uh, you know, guys like Hornquist and these type of guys. They've got a lot of guys that play in big games. So they're going to be a tough team as well. But it, the Boston Bruins, you look at the yeah, way that they're sure. playing. And the Lightning. Uh, Lightning. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The Lightning, you know, Lightning don't seem to be playing their best hockey right now. Okay. Uh, Vasilevsky had a great year in net. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think he's got 42 wins in the season. Uh, Kucherov started off on fire. He and Stamkos opened the season with 11-game point streaks. Uh, first time, I think, that that's happened to two players wow. have opened <laughs> up the season. And uh, So, so the, there, there's a lot there. They've got a great team. Had been back on the blue line, but um, you know, I, I think that you're probably at the end of the day, again, depending on how the matchups, I mean, right off the bat, you might even see, uh, you know, like let's say Toronto or Boston matchup or, or Tampa and Toronto matchup. Mm. Uh, I think anybody that comes across Toronto might get surprised. Okay. Uh, the Toronto, so Toronto might be a, that's the Toronto be, be a little bit mm-hmm. of a dark horse. They've got some, again, some firepower there. If they can get some goaltending out of Anderson, uh, you know, it's just they, it. they could be a team to watch. Well, I'll tell you what, those Kings are giving me a heart attack. <laughs> but, I mean, their three-on-three is untouchable in the league. Their PK is untouchable. I mean, they are just slaying it this season with that three-on-three. Well, the three-on-three has been great for the Kings. And I think, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, like great skaters. And that. It comes down to your goaltender as well. Uh, Absolutely. You know, when, when you've got a guy that thrives on that stage and – you're looking at the best players, you know, in the game playing in that situation, and yeah. I think the Kings, when you put out your top six players, and when the Kings had their full contingency, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's Kopitar, uh, Brown up front, Carter up front, you got Dowdy Martinez back in the blue line with Muzzin. Uh, and then you got Foley, Pearson, and these type of guys. Mm-hmm. Kings have a a good group to put out in those situations. That disappears. We all know come come playoff right, time. Right. But I think they, should they bring that back for or no, should they no, have it? No, for, no, okay. no. You can't you cannot end a playoff game like that. Okay. It's like flipping a coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People have <laughs> yeah. asked if that's yeah. something yeah. that would yeah. be integrated into the playoffs. So Yeah, you know, it's it's almost like when you look at you know, Olympic hockey and things like that. Any, I just no, no, I, I totally don't go there, girlfriend. I know. Okay, I won't we just gotta, go there. We gotta, we gotta <laughs> leave it. I'm but, with you yeah. on that one. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, 
I think the other two things that you mentioned, and, and these are one of the reasons that kind of separate the Kings from a lot of teams, and best goals against in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fewest goals against the loud. Number one penalty kill. Yep, yep. And the old saying is, the old cliche, you know, offense wins your games, defense wins your championships. Yep. Mm. So if the Kings, and the Kings have scored more goals this year than they have in a number of years. Yes. They're in uh, on pace to maybe eclipse, I think it's about 10 or 12 mm. years that they'll have scored as many goals as they've had. So that little extra offensive production, the game is different than it was a few years ago, but yet the Kings, still a backbone of hockey club, is their defensive play. That's when so you good. mention the Kings... It's how good they are defensively. It's so good. And it's because their top players take pride in that part of the game. Well, we're going to have a quick game of... Oh, gee. A, a quick little game of fun before we wrap. Um, if Becky's you don't know... this or that. Well, that, that, that. We are going to do this or that, but I actually <laughs> want to throw a little tosser question here because oh. what the world may not know about Daryl Evans are his suits. Daryl is famous for his suits, so follow him on Instagram. We'll give you that, t- that in a minute. But if you had to evacuate your home... Okay, he lives on the beach, so a tsunami is about to hit. If you were about to evacuate your home, which suit would you grab to save? I would have to say the one I was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> you're, in, you're not in. You're in your, your jogging outfit. I'm in my birthday suit. Okay, yeah. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> we won't go. I, I, I would have to say it have to be my new one, the purple one. Okay, my, my newest oh, one, the purple. The one, one you wore last night. The one I wore last oh, night. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Okay, so I, I had to. That's tell me something you don't know. So we we now know that. All right, this or that, rapid fire. You ready? Oh, gee. Okay. All right. Wayne Gretzky or Gordie Howe? Uh, Gordie Howe. All right. Sushi or chocolate? Chocolate. Sunrise? You you know me. (laughs) I do know you, but I try to tailor these. Sunrise or sunset? Uh, Sunrise. Vegas or Vatican? Vegas. Cruise control or Leadfoot? Leadfoot. Podcast or radio? Podcast. Running sand or cement? Cement. Uh, Resolution or revolution? I'm going to go with Revolution. Love it. Movie theater or Netflix? Movie theater. All right. Uh, I'm going to throw one out there. Kings or Ducks? (laughs) Kings always. Oh, Daryl, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for uh, having me on. Before you leave, um, Stanley Cup final matchup. Yeah. Who do you got? I mean, I know a lot of it depends on matchups. Yeah, a lot of it depends on matchups. Who's your two teams? Um, I think right now, if I were going to pick two teams, I'm going to give you two from the East and two from the West. Um, I think that the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to find a way to get oh, there. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'm going to say that the Washington Capitals might find their way to the really? stage this year. Yeah. But again, they may match, They may run across yeah. each other right off the bat. So, yeah. Uh, but I just got a sneaky feeling that Washington's ready to take the next step. I'm not sure whether or not they can win it. But, yeah. And I think uh, coming out of the West, um, I, I think, again, getting to the promised land first, getting to the postseason – uh, without the Chicago Blackhawks around, uh, I think the Kings and the Nashville Predators. Predators. So good. All right. Daryl, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. At Daryl Evans, right? <laughs> That's where they can find me. You just, you just told him. them. <laughs> you'll, you'll catch Becky's tarot on his story. Daryl's right. first story. I know. I made his first Insta story That's awesome. tonight. Well, tears to my eyes. Daryl, thank you for joining yes. us. Thank my you for pleasure. educating Thanks for having me on. about hockey. Such a um, pleasure. I feel like I learned a lot. Um, I love playoff hockey. So good. And that's not me just saying that. Playoff hockey is probably the most 
exciting thing yeah. in sports. It's, it's really addicting. Is. It, 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 it is really I mean, addicting. People who don't yep. even watch hockey will watch playoff yes. hockey. So yep. I'm excited for that. Yep. Bonnie will be back next Tuesday. That's Do right. not worry. Right She'll here. be back in the seat. I'll be back with Becky. Once again, Daryl, thank you very much. Yes. Pleasure. Thank you. I'm Josh Rodriguez. You can follow me on Twitter Instagram at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore Becky. Where can they find uh, you? You can find me at Becky Sotero on all social media. Thank you guys for hanging out in the live chat. We saw you. You're awesome. Thank you, Daryl. We'll see you next week, y'all. All right. Take care, guys. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. 